For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life. The Wash crew is in the building. Super washed up. I'm Ramsey Abushala, editor of UrbanPitch.com. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. First to One himself, Julio Matarosa. Julio, what's going on, man? Not that much. Another beautiful day in paradise. But today we have a special show for everybody. A special show, as special, always. Special. We got another pro in the house, our first MLS guest. Our first, our MLS, first guest. MLS guest. Might have um, to call him out for a one-on-one. <laughs> I don't think you want that. I don't think, <laughs> no, I do not think you want. No, I don't want no problems so. with that. Um, but we got from uh, from Minnesota United. We got DJ Taylor in the building. Uh, DJ, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to us. It's it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come on here. Uh, excited to start chatting about life and everything. Yeah, so uh, DJ, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start things off a little bit. Uh, we're, we're gonna come out the gates hot. Um, I know you're a fashion forward guy. Obviously, you're rocking the Venti gear. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you have your own, got your own yeah. brand. Uh, we'll we'll get into that already. a little bit. The hoodies, yeah, the hoodie, the hoodies the new are fire. hoodies are looking. I, um, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a care package. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We're not begging. We're not uh, begging. We're not begging. All right, no, I'm no. sorry. Sorry. Right. But um, you know, just to, just to start things off, um, you know, obviously you being the fashion forward guy uh, that you are, um, aside from yourself, who's the best play, uh, best dressed player on, uh, on on Minnesota United or or any team you've seen on Minnesota, man. Honestly, I think it might be uh, Robin Lud. Oh yeah, I don't know if you guys know him, he's one of one of our top players. He's a striker. He's from Finland, actually, uh, but he's got that European swag. That Euro you know, swag, just super clean. Yeah, always puts together nice outfits. I would also say uh, Boxel, Michael Boxel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's from New Zealand. He puts some nice stuff up together. He's definitely a fire fire shoe game for sure too. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the top two guys. Probably I would say on the team at Minnesota. Aside from yourself, though, obviously. Yeah, aside from myself, obviously. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Do you, you gotta hook. Do you hook them up with the Venti gear, or uh, is that like uh, uh, you got you, you gotta you gotta you gotta pay for that? Uh, it just depends, you know. A couple of the guys that like I'm really close to, like mm-hmm. luckily were able to actually like support me and 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 buy from the brand. Um, but I was thinking about you know uh, giving you know, a collection or a piece of my collection to, to the guys, you know, yeah. I was maybe thinking about giving them, you know, the dad hat or something like that. So they can all just rock it for free. Right. No, they, um, yeah, no, they gotta get the promo code. Uh, 50% <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about the team. Um, obviously, you know, uh, MLS season is kicking off, um, you know, at the time of, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, but, uh, so far, you know, the season's gotten to a pretty decent start. I haven't dropped a game yet, but, um, what what what's the vibes in the locker room like early on in the season, um, uh, and just how how's everything coming together so far in your second season with uh, with the, with the club? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously this season we've had a great start compared to the last season. You know, my first year I came and I was like, "Yo, this is, this is a team." We went to the semifinals and and we're zero four right now at the beginning <laughs> of last year. I was like, "This is crazy," uh, but the vibes definitely are really good right now in the locker room. You know, all the guys are just coming together. We had a really good preseason, I would say. You know, just working hard and really just making sure we're getting better at everything that we do together. Um, and obviously, like the results have shown so far. And uh, I think the thing is, like, we just want to keep going, setting that standard. We don't want to want to let it drop. And I think we have a, the next few games are at home, so we're gonna really, you know, separate ourselves as the top dogs, hopefully in the West. Right, and especially early on in the season, you were kind of talking about it uh, before we started recording. But um, with with the cold, obviously in in Minnesota. It being, you know, still the 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 very end of the winter. Uh, but what, what what's it like, uh, you know, not being from Minnesota, not being used to that cold? What's it like training in that uh, day in and day out? And is that something you ever get used to, or is it just something you know that you have to just kind of power through? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out the latest sports developments, including the updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. 
And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, luckily they uh, they have indoor facilities here, so uh-huh. um, we don't train outside. Uh, we're not even allowed to, I guess, technically, until it gets a little warmer. Uh, but we train indoors. But I think the main thing is just getting used to training on turf. You know, me being from Raleigh, North Carolina, we trained at Wake Knight Soccer Park, which is like top grass, nice weather. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment for me, especially last year, uh, just getting used to the cold and, and training on turf. You know, it's like turf is definitely the worst that you can train on for your body. So just kind of makes you put more emphasis on, on how you recover, you know, whether that's ice baths or, you know, Epsom salt baths after every session. Uh, it's definitely been an adjustment for me. Well, what do you know about those Epsom salt baths? Nothing at all, bro. Like, I'm the type of guy that goes to the games, stretches for like two minutes, and is ready to go. Show and go. Ready to go, Show ready go. to go. You know, like uh, ben, ben Gay in the back of the hamstrings, we're, we're good, we're good, we're good, yeah. we're good. Go. And then 30, 30 minutes in, you're just 30, pulling 30, up. No, no, 30 minutes in, I limp. give a bad pass, I, I fake an injury. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you mentioned turf, and that's something that, you know, a lot of um, people talk about with MLS is, especially with people coming from other leagues, um, you obviously had a, had a little bit of time in Europe, but... Um, it's one of the, the, the kind of rigors in, in MLS when it comes to uh, just one of the differences that, the, that, that playing in the league presents. But uh, that plus, you know, long travel um, and it being just a pretty physical league in general. Uh, just what are some of the, the um, not hardships, but just like some of the, the stuff that, that you needed to get used to playing in, playing in MLS coming from a, from a different league? Yeah, I think for sure it's just, you know, that, that dog fight. You know, at the end of the day, you know, whether it's pretty soccer or, you know, smooth soccer that everybody's playing or it's just the ugly soccer where everybody's just playing long balls. Uh, every MLS game I've been in has definitely been a dunk fight, regardless, you know, even if guys are, you know, playing bad or whatever, they're they're fighting, they're slide tackling you, whatever. Uh, I think to kind of put it in perspective, I played USL for three and a half years, and I think I only had five yellow cards. I think I had four last year, my first season. <laughs> Uh, so my mom even asked me about it. She's like, is, is the game more physical or something? Why are you getting so many <laughs> yellow cards? Uh, just in one season of the last, and I was definitely like, yeah, it's, it's way more physical. Uh, I mean, every tackle, every, every second that you're on the field, you know, guys are fighting, uh, everybody's got to eat. So I think that's definitely been one of the adjustments. And then obviously just the pace of the game is way faster than, you know, what I was playing in, in USL in second division. So getting used to that, you know, how do I think faster? How do I play faster? How do I, you know, get faster, get stronger. What are the little ways that I can make, you know, incremental gains? That's great. I've been known for getting the yellow cards every other game, so it happens. As long as you don't get a red, you live to fight another day. <laughs> hey, I don't know if the yeah, men's you're, league... Yeah, dude. I don't know if men's league yellows no, and MLS no, yellows Sunday day, are yes. Men's league, I, I'm known, like, I, first... <laughs> First ten minutes in, I'm, I'm going. I'm looking for that yellow. If I don't get it, I know the I know the ref is gonna let me play all game, and it's at that point just watch your legs. <laughs> Julio's the type of guy you like dumb. to have have on your team, but yeah, you, you hate you, to be on the other team. I'm the Patrick Beverly of soccer. Oh really? You're, <laughs> yeah. you're talking, talking, and, and crunching so, everybody. Yeah, I grew up in South Central, so LA. So all we do, like growing up, is talk mess before you can even play, like. Even the people that don't play any sports, before they can play, they, they talk mess. So that's my game. Um, talking mess, letting you know that I'm there. Um, I played college uh, for, two, for three and a half years, and um, I, I, I'm a right back. So I have to defend most forwards that are taller than me. I'm 5'7". These guys are 6'1". A little, a little stocky. I'm never, I was never that stocky guy. But I knew something. I was feisty. So I, I worked that to my advantage. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, I think the mental side of the game is definitely, you know, like half the battle. Um, you know, if you can get in somebody's head and mess up their game, that's that's all you need to do, especially as a defender. If you can get definitely. in the forward's head and throw them off, you need to take as much advantage as you can of, of all the opportunities to to get a gain on him. So as as you as a defender, how how will you defend those a little bit more uh more like tricky players? Yeah, I think uh at the end of the day is Kind of actually like you know studying the player you know watching 
their games. What are they doing? What movements are they making? You know, it's a lot of off-field work that you have to do as well as, you know, just performing well when you're in the game. Um, but I think it's more about, you know, recognizing the situation that you're in, you know, whether you can use the inline to help you as like an extra defender to force him one way, or can you force him on the weaker foot? Like which foot is their stronger foot? Um, are they going to beat you with speed or are they going to beat you trying to throw you off balance? Uh, just recognizing those strengths and weaknesses of the opponent and then taking advantage of that and performing when it comes down to it. Um, you know, I think I for sure consider myself one of the best, you know, leaving the USL top defenders, but I think MLS is definitely a different level. Um, you know, there's a lot of top players that I'm going against, you know, international players that are playing at a higher level than MLS. Um, so I think, yeah, the biggest thing has been just how do I study this player and make sure I'm putting myself in the best position to, to defend him? Who's the forward you, you, you defended and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like, yeah. I got, I got, I got to look back a little bit more of film. This guy, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think one of the toughest, I mean, obviously you got, you know, last year I had to come in in like the 10th minute in LA actually against, uh, Carlos Venla. Um, you know, everybody knows him. So, that That's was just good. a crazy no, that left yeah, right there. You know, yeah, I mean he's all lefty, so even if you force him right, he's still gonna go left somehow. <laughs> uh, but you know, that that was cool, you know, like just being in the game, like for you know, like first two minutes, I'm like, holy crap, you know, I'm playing against you know Carlos Bella. I used to watch this guy on TV all the time. Uh but then after a couple minutes, I was like, all right, I gotta lock him up, you know, try to do what I can right. do. Uh but everyone would say him. Um it's actually funny, we're playing San Jose this weekend. Um, and one guy who I think is really cool, I got to play against him. I was playing left back last year, uh, Espinosa. Oh. Um, I think he might be from Argentina. I don't know where he's from, but he was definitely gave me a good run for my money uh, when we played that first game in, in San Jose. Um, you know, because he can go left or right. He's fast too. He's got definitely like a, a full move set that he can use against you. So uh, he's another one I thought, you know, I noted. I was like, yeah, he's, he's sick. That's a young team with pace on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah other than i mean for pace i'm pretty good because i've i'm pretty quick myself uh it's usually the guys that are like shifty you know like i would yeah, say like right. Venla, who, who's, right. who's not going to beat you with pace but he's going to make you bite and then you know use that as, as to his advantage so those are definitely like two of the guys i thought from my first year in mls that were good yeah and, and switching leagues from from usl to, to mls um besides you know some of those differences were um in in the play being away from home, because obviously, you know, uh, you're playing not too far from, from where you grew up in, in, in North Carolina. Um, how did you kind mm -hmm. of uh, get used to being away from home? I know you, you spent some time in Spain, obviously, but um, was, you know, getting used to being at home, did that, did that make it hard to go away again? Yeah, I think it, it definitely did. Um, I think last year was definitely tough. You know, I finally achieved what I had been working for for three and a half years or so. I always knew I could, you know, play higher than USL. Um, but I also looked back at it. I was like, you know, I was spoiled playing at home, you know, in front of <laughs> family and friends for three and a half years. You know, most players are always leaving their home to go play wherever they're playing. Uh, so it's kind of like a wake-up call or guess shock, you know, when I was here in Minneapolis, you know, after a couple of months, I was like, man, yeah, I was really living a good life at home. But, you know, I definitely wouldn't take anything back. And it definitely took me some time to get, you know, adjusted to and like, you know, actually setting a routine of, you know, FaceTiming my my mom, my my little brother, you know, making sure I'm in, intentional with my time. And and luckily I've been able to do that. So it's been good. Yeah. What was it what was it like growing up in in, in North Carolina and in, in Raleigh? What what was that like for you? Uh I mean, I grew up with a single mom. Uh so it was basically just doing whatever she needed me to do, whether, you know, she was you know, she had me and then she was also studying to get her master's, also working out and also working a full-time job. So <laughs> there was a lot, uh, a lot of me just, you know, following her around, you know, falling asleep while she's in class, uh, you know, late at night, me just kicking the ball against the wall uh, while she's working out at the gym. Um, so, yeah, I mean, child was good uh, growing up, you know, in North Carolina, I think, or Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm pretty sure it's like one of the top cities to like grow up in. So lucky I was blessed with that, you know. <laughs> um, but playing in the academy for for I mean, back then it was called Railhawks. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, that was great. You know, they treated me really well. You know, at you know at like sixteen, I was you know able to be start training with the first team. You know, doing that and training with the academy in the afternoon was was 
was awesome. And it kind of set me up to be at that professional level and to be professional and get a taste of what it was like to live that life. Um, and definitely set me up for, you know, a good experience in Spain. So what, what made you want to play soccer? Cause I know in America, especially, um, soccer is known for the, as the immigrant sport is usually like, uh, most of the, most of the people with parents from different countries play soccer. What made you out of the most popular sports? We have basketball, we have football. What made you choose soccer over, over the other sports? Yeah, um, I actually played soccer and football when I was growing up. I actually played football until I was about middle school, maybe. Um, and, you know, I loved both the sports. I was good at both. I was a running back. Uh, <laughs> I was using my speed, cutting through people. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, once I got to that age, maybe around 12, I was like, all right, I have to really dedicate myself to one of these sports, you know. And for me, I think it was just soccer, you know, seeing – how the sport brings people together and, and, you know, what you can achieve through the game, like, you know, growing as a person on and off the field is, is just something I was attracted to. Um, so I just, you know, decided to shoot soccer. And I think my mom was happy about that because, you know, you see all that stuff with football players and head injuries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely don't regret it or anything. Definitely love soccer. <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, it's led me to, you know, travel the world, meet, meet new people meet you know go to different countries i think it's, it's been an amazing journey so far yeah i think i think it worked out i think yeah it out i think okay. it worked out a yeah. Bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a great choice it's, it's funny you say that though because i definitely still have like you know like i think when i was back last off season i saw one of my old football coaches from like years ago mm. and you know they still joke about like you know you should have got to the nfl or something like that <laughs> uh I was, you know they loved me when i was playing football as a, as a running back Running back's a tough position, though. That's a, that's a tough position. You're going to get hit. Yeah. Get hit. Especially NFL running yeah. backs, man. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like you got like three, four good years in you, and then like that, that fall off is, is, is huge. Yeah. The career is pretty short. It's, uh, that actually reminds me of another story as well. In, in high school, you know, even the, I used to lift with like the football team for like weightlifting classes. And, you know, I'd always get teased as like the soccer player who can't lift. So I'd right. always try to like outshow them. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, 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 the head coach of that class was the coach of the football team actually at my high school. And he'd always try to get me to like, you know, play cornerback or something like that. He's like, you know, just, just come out to the training for a little bit and just see what it's like. And I was like, yeah, you guys are crazy. <laughs> no, in high school, I tried, I tried out as a kicker. I don't know if I told you the story yet. No, no, I tried no. out as a kicker. And then uh, our school, we are not known for our football team. We were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I go first day, I'm about to have my first kick and then I get hit. Like after that day, like, as a kicker? <laughs> you got hit as a kicker. Yeah. As a kicker, like our defense. What's stuck. your line doing, man? Nothing at all. They were, I don't know what they were doing, but I got hit. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is not for me. Yeah. Have a great day. So like, yeah. So football, my respect to everybody that plays that sport. Yeah. Football is definitely a different sport. Um, you know, it reminds me when I was, you know, I used to play a little wide receiver too when I was, when no height didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I definitely remember like playing on like, you know, you train like on a baseball field and like going for a catch over my shoulder and like just smacking into the fence. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen videos of that, but it's not fun. It not <laughs> yeah, I, play, I play baseball through college and uh, I was an outfielder. So I ran into my fair share of walls too. Um, yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun. That was half of the college budget right there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Ramsey ran into the walls. They had, they had like my, my uh, outline. Cho- they had a chalk outline on the right field wall. Uh, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk about Spain a little bit because you, you, had, a, you had a chance, you know, to, to see what it was like in, 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 uh, in, in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the biggest differences and what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned while you were out there? Besides, obviously, I know, you, I, I know you're, you're fluent in Spanish now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm better- fluent ¿Es verdad? ¿Puedes hablar español? Sí, yo puedo, podemos hablar español si quieres. All right, see, we're, we're no, excluding. No, we're not going to do that. Like, we're excluding. Like, little, you see, Ravi's face like, what's going on right cool. here? That's not cool. You're no, but just... you played for Levante. How was out there? How was it out there, right? Yeah, Levante, it, was, correct? it was amazing. I mean, like, the first thing I noticed was just the difference in culture. You know, just the lifestyle of Europe is, is different. You know, we're having siestas. Uh, yeah. You know, that was lovely. I definitely think the Americans <laughs> should adopt that culture. Um, but I think one of the biggest things was definitely just, like, the methodology and and, you know, the ideas of the game, you know, playing, you know, I guess they would call it tiki-taka, but basically learning how to, you know, play with possession um, and learning that mental aspect of the game. So actually, like, you know, think through the game, not just, you know, kick the ball and run forward and not even think about what you're doing. There's a purpose behind everything that you do. 
Um, so I think those experiences, and then obviously just me growing as like a mature, you know, young man to to a man, uh, you know, learning a whole new language, you know, in a city that no one speaks English, not like, you know, Madrid or Barca where there's a lot of tourists, so you, you can get by speaking English, but in Valencia, there's no, there's no one there. Um, and then obviously just going to stadiums and seeing the way they love football there, you know, going to Valencia Stadium, watching, you know, Messi, Neymar, Suarez back at that time was, you know, crazy. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely one of the main things I learned was, you know, just the methodology of the game and, you know, the Spanish style, which is definitely the possession-based style. What got you out to Spain? How, how like, how was that transition? Um, how was that road to getting to Spain? Yeah. Um, so basically to start out, like, the agent that I, you know, decided to end up going with um, just came to Redhawks Academy when I was, like, 16, you know, pitched this, you know, program where he brought international players over to Spain. Um, you know, it's definitely, you know, my, I always knew my dream was to play in Europe. So, you know, I kind of just got his contact info, stayed in touch with him. Luckily, like through 16 to 18, I was able to, you know, you know, start playing with the first team. And then uh, I got caught up to the U18 men's national team um, for a tournament in Mexico. So I, that also helped me, you know, to be able to get over in Spain for them to even look at me. Um, and, and that's kind of how it went. And once I graduated, I was actually verbally committed to UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, I actually decided to just go to Spain. Um, and then, you know, luckily at the first club I got to, I just went on trial for two weeks and was able to sign a contract. So, you know, that was a blessing. Um, but that's just basically how it was Spain. You know, for me, if it was any other place in Europe, I probably would have gone either way. Uh, but luckily Spain was just, just the one. And I love Spanish and the culture anyway. So it worked out perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, the goal for a lot of you know pro pro players is to, is to make it out in Europe. Is is that a goal for you still that you have to to make a return? Yeah, for sure. I think you know I want to reach the highest level that I can play. I, I still think you know Europe is definitely where it is. Um, you know, if I can play you know one, two, three years in MLS and still make that jump over to to Europe, I'll definitely take it without hesitation. What, what were some of the cultural aspects besides, you know, the siestas, which we need to bring to, to the States because yeah, <laughs> 2 p.m., you know, that post-lunch, uh, you know, you start to get a little drowsiness. I usually have just have a cup of coffee, but, I mean, a nap. Yeah. That's just, that's, that, that they got it figured out over there. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, besides that, what, what were some of the aspects of, of the culture there that kind of stuck with you and, and that you really um, enjoyed? Yeah, I think one thing was, you know, all the Spanish people there that were, were nice, you know, the way I, you know, honestly learned Spanish, like my first, you know, three, four months I was there was I had a driver who would take me to training and he didn't speak any English. So imagine me, you know, like 17 sitting in, a, in this van <laughs> with this guy. So we're just looking at each other <laughs> and I got to tell him how we get, to, how to right. get to training, you know, right. but luckily, you know, like for me, like he wasn't, you know, a guy who was just, you know, ignoring me, like not trying to help me learn. You know, he helped me every day. And I actually got really close to him um, my two years as I was there. Uh, so that was one aspect of just the people, you know, they are genuinely nice, you know, took care of me. Um, you know, even like, you know, I had like a laundry lady who was basically called herself my second mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, she was older, but she always looked out for me as well. Um, you know, and I also have, you know, a second family I would consider that's still over there who really took care of me as well. Um, so I think, yeah, first and foremost, it was definitely the people. Um, and now obviously you got the food with paella, uh, all that good stuff for chata, um, uh -huh. all that good stuff is good. Um, and then, like I said, just the football culture, you know, it was amazing just seeing, you know, people just playing out on the beach at Valencia or, you know, you can go play pickup at the university and, and just vibe with people. Um, I think everybody's just, you know, they're chilling, you know, having good vibes. Uh, that's definitely like the lifestyle that. You know, I, I really noticed it was a difference. I feel like American culture is definitely all about grinding 24 seven, mm, definitely. Uh, trying to be, you know, the best you can be, you know, over there, it's a little bit more relaxed and you know, about enjoying things, you know, going to get tapas with friends, you know, yeah. you know, grabbing a beer for one euro, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was a good experience. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned the food. Um, I know Julio and I, we were big, we're big on, we're food. Big, we love, big on we love food. food and, I know yeah. growing up in North Carolina, uh, I, I hear I hear uh, secondhand that the uh, the barbecue out there is yeah, I hear it's pretty it's okay. Special. I hear it's, 
Okay. I, I, it's okay. Can, can you give us a lowdown on that? Because I know, I know there's, uh, especially in American barbecue, there's a little bit of a regional, uh, there's regional yeah, rivalries Memphis. between Texas, Kansas City, Memphis, uh, North Carolina. Can you, can you kind of give a lowdown on that? And uh, do, you have, do you have a preference? Yeah, I definitely say North Carolina definitely is one of the top for barbecue for sure. Um, it also depends, I think, just what kind of sauce you like. Um, like me personally, I like a little sweet sauce, you know, sweet barbecue. But I think that the majority of people like, uh, you know, like a little vinegar. Right. Yeah. That's, um, the, that's like the style of the mustard, mustard base. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a vinegar mustard base. Um, but I definitely think, you know, North Carolina, there's definitely some top spots that you can go to that, you know, aren't just chain, chain barbecue spots, you know, right. those little like hole in one places are the places that have the best barbecue. And, you know, I think there's, there's like two or three that are in Raleigh that were really good. Um, you know, I grew up on it, so I never really, you know, noticed, mm. I don't think I've ever really had bad barbecue, right. uh, I guess in a sense, maybe I was spoiled in that way, but yeah, <laughs> I definitely say North Carolina is up there for sure. Yeah. Would you, are you, would you go for tapas or uh, barbecue if you had the choice? If, to, well, if you had to pick question. between one or the other. That's a tough one still. <laughs> uh, I think I'll go with barbecue. Um, one Let's of the things the me and my, yeah, one of the things me and my mom used to do when I was little was kind of like our thing was to go to like, this is a good barbecue, but we'd go to Applebee's and get like mm. riblet baskets together. Right. Oh yeah, um, bottomless, so, you know, right? Bottomless riblets. Yeah, right? bottomless riblets. So, you know, I just grew up as a kid uh, on, on ribs. So I definitely would always, you know, smack some ribs whenever it's time. And you heard that uh, he said he said Applebee's is the best barbecue in North Carolina. We got to no, no, confirm, confirm, confirm. I might not ever touch Applebee's ever again after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, shout out to Applebee's. Shout, shout out, out to Applebee's. Applebee's. Shout out Applebee's, though. Have a good, good. Uh, a good drink menu. Never been to Applebee's. I'm not gonna... you never been to Applebee's. Never been to Applebee's. You're too good for Applebee's, huh? No, I was, a, I was a Sizzler guy. Oh, big sizzler. Yeah, they big don't have sizzler, sizzlers. Yeah. Uh, they don't have too many sizzlers out there anymore. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but yeah, let's let's take things off the pitch because I know um, you know, we we did a we did an interview with you on the site, um, urbanpitch.com. Victoria Hernandez wrote that. Mm-hmm. We tried to get Victoria here uh, on the show tonight, but you know, scheduling didn't didn't line up. Shout out to Victoria though, because she I think she did a really good job um uh, kind of encompassing yeah. what what you were about with Vinci and everything. But um can you kind of talk about how you kind of got that started, what made you get into that, and, um, you know, just where you're at right now with the, with the brand. Yeah, so it started uh, during COVID year. Um, obviously, you know, we'd stopped playing for three months. Uh, so my first reaction kind of was like, you know, how do I take advantage of this time that we have, you know, away from the game? What, what can I enjoy or, like, you know, pursue as a hobby that I really wouldn't have time to, you know, if, if we had been playing during those three months? Um, and for me, I guess it was just clothing, you know, I still, I used to always tell my friends, yo, it'd be cool to have a, a clothing brand, you know, like one day or something like that. Um, so I was like, all right, well, let's see what it actually looks like. You know, did some research on, you know, drop shipping and stuff like that. Um, and that's why I started DJKT apparel, which is like my own personal brand, which is, mm. you know, my initials, um, that I created for the fans at, you know, North Carolina FC and stuff. And that was my first taste. Uh, then I was like, obviously like, I want to make, you know, actual custom clothes you know, stuff that, you know, people could learn to go out and, you know, all that stuff. So uh, that's where Vinci came from. And then obviously, like, I wanted to add a little foreign aspect to it. So, you know, I came up with Vinci, which means I overcame where I conquered. Um, and it ties into the slogan of turn your dreams into reality. Um, and that's kind of how Vinci started, you know, and luckily I've been able to just dive deeper into it and what it personally means to me. And, you know, one of the things for me is like my mental toughness and perspective on things, I think, has allowed me to keep rising up through soccer and outside of soccer. Um, so that's kind of what Vinci represents is, you know, how do we help people unlock their potential, you know, break the limits, you know, whether that's, you know, they have limiting beliefs on themselves or people are telling them, you know, you're only this. For me, that was, you know, you're only an athlete. Um, so I said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you guys that I'm more than an athlete. Um, and that's kind of where my passion for Vinci comes from. Um, as the brand right now, uh, we're about to have a mental health collection coming out. I'm super excited about it. You know, we'll be donating, I think, 25% of the profits to mental health charities. So I'm super excited about that. Um, you know, I'm excited to use Vinci in any opportunity to, to make a difference in the world. Uh, but we're actually in, a, in kind of a transition of repositioning ourselves. 
uh, from like a high premium brand to a luxury brand. Um, so wow. I'm really excited about stepping it. Up. It's gonna yeah, yeah, stepping up, trying to become a, a full on luxury brand, um, kind of tailored, you know, for athletes. Um, I can't go too much into detail on it because we're still trying to keep it a little secret. Um, but basically, uh, more or less, we're going to be fitting out athletes with full custom fits for themselves that they wear on game days. Um, and they'll design with me and Vinci and a designer. Um, and then we'll have opportunity for fans and stuff to buy that athlete's collection. Um, that's kind of the model that we're going through right now. But yeah, I'm super excited about it. Um, I'm planning to hopefully launch it by by the end of summer. Hey, talk, talking about mental health as a, as an athlete, there's going to be a lot of low low times in, in in the career as well. How do you stay positive? How do you keep going after a bad play? How how, do, how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean specifically, like you know, on the field, you know, like you said, in a bad game, you make a bad bad play. I think the first thing is just your reaction. Your reaction always has to be positive. You know. Don't give yourself a second to think about, oh, man, I messed up or, you know, to doubt yourself. Uh, for me, it's about, you know, just having a positive reaction with whatever happened in the game, whether your team's losing, whether your teammate's struggling. You know, if he's struggling, how can I help him? You know, I think it's all about being selfless. Um, and for me, like, yeah, it's just being positive and having those mental talks to yourself. Uh, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people, like, think uh, isn't as effective. But for me, it's been very effective, you know, throughout the years, like actually telling myself, hey, it's OK, like you're going to get this next play or something like that. You know, having an actual conversation in your head is it's helped me a lot. Um, I think other people should do it as well as, as, as they're going through situations or, or crisis or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We had um, uh, Didi Heritage of Angel City FC um, in, in NWSL on the show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, she was just kind of talking about how tapping into her mental health really helped her um she's, she's a goalkeeper and you know obviously that that plays a, the mental game and, and as a goalkeeper plays a plays a huge role in that um but as the conversation around that starts to open up a little bit more um especially in the sports world how do you think that's starting to help um athletes at, at all levels whether you're you know in college in high school or at the pro level yeah i think it's it's been incredible you know just seeing how mental health has been growing and how it's been speaking up spoken about in the in the athlete industry uh it's been amazing um honestly but i think it's it's letting athletes and other people know that they're not alone which is the biggest thing i think there's a lot of stereotypes that are placed on athletes about how they should act and how they feel and what they should think uh you know how they should train is how they should live life you know just go 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 full on 100 tackle everything you know hide your emotions you know, how you're feeling about, you know, not playing is, is not okay. Um, but I think it's, you know, just sparking that conversation is making a difference for someone out there who's who's struggling and, and hasn't spoken up. I personally can attest to this because I'm definitely uh, closed off until you actually get to know me. Okay. Um, you know, people were like, yo, why are you so quiet at the beginning? And I'm just like, I don't know, it's just, just how I am. Um, you know, but I, I personally do struggle with like trying to express how I feel like on a deeper level. And luckily I've been able to recognize that over the last couple of years and I've been able to mentally push through that, um, as I've grown, um, being able to actually express how I feel and know that it's okay, you know, to express how I feel to my, my coach, you know, to my teammates, to whoever. Um, and then obviously for me, it's all about being selfless again. Like, how can I help the person beside me who maybe my strongest friend, but is also hiding stuff that they're struggling with. Definitely. Definitely. Sometimes you just gotta let your friend know, like, I know I have a mental health check with my friends. I'll just once a month, at least, Hey, how you feeling? How are you doing? You good? Mm -hmm. It's not even a deep conversation. Is you good? From one to 10, how's your mental health? And then like, honestly, just, just seven or whatever number they give me, like, all right, just know I'm here. That, that works wonders opposed to just avoiding it. Cause sometimes all we, all we just need to know is like, Somebody letting us know, how are you? Are you good? And then if we need to express ourselves, we will express ourselves. If we're not, because I, I grew up in a family that we're not the, we're not the most expressive emotionally, but, mm. but as long as we say we're okay, we know you're okay. If we start talking more than just okay, we know, all right, let's go have dinner and we can talk about whatever's going on in life. So that's always good. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think, you know, like I said, just, just sparking the conversation is a step in itself. And then obviously, like, letting people know it's okay to be open with, with people. It's okay to be vulnerable, you know, 
you know, even as, you know, like, you know, guys, you know, you get made fun yeah. of if you're emo- emotional or something like <laughs> you can't that. Be emotional? Uh, Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy to think about though, right? You know, you're actually, you know, our society and culture is actually viewing men as like people who don't express how they feel. Like, that's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I think you being vulnerable is going to help you in any relationship that you're in, whether it's, you know, with your mom, with your girl, you know, with your family, whatever, you know, it's going to help you. So, you know, just letting people know that it's, it's okay. Yeah. What, what, what is there, is there a release date for the, for the collection or is that still kind of in, in, in the works? Uh, the release date will probably, I mean, mental health month is coming up. So maybe towards the end of April, you can start doing pre-orders, maybe mid April, more or less. Uh, I might open up pre-orders and I think we'll be full sale for, for mental health, mental Ramsey, health month. Make, I need a jacket. I'm a large. Uh, Make that pre-order, man. You gotta give well for both of hey us. Hey, man, he's gotta give us the the, the promo code, fifty percent off. Yeah, friends and family, friends and family discount. Friends and family. No, but another question. Yeah. Like, how does how is that pre pre-game playlist looking like? Me and me and Rams are big music fans, so we just want to know tap a little in your head. Yeah. What is that? What is that pre-game? What are you listening to before any game? What pumps you up? Uh, man, there's a lot uh, to be honest. Oh, oh maybe before oh. you start though. Before you start. We're actually judging you on your playlist. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping it local with today's episode, which is brought to you by Absolution Brewing Company coming straight out of Torrance. Shout out to the South Bay because Absolution's line of craft beers only uses the finest grains, yeast, water, and hops. Tonight, we're drinking the Tasteville Hazy IPA as well as the Mozart Van Halen Double IPA. Um, And, you know, but but they've got everything from blondes to goldens to sours and hazies if you're looking for absolution look no further absolution brewing company it's as simple as abc <laughs> yes that's all good uh i mean to start off i i'm obsessed with drake uh drake. drake's my guy Marvin's shout out drake no nah. <laughs> 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 that would be that that would be impressive if I could just listen to Marvin's room at, at the back uh, in the back of the bus by himself, just looking out the window. <laughs> For me, def- uh-huh. definitely Drake is there. I'm listening to Drake. I'm listening to a little bit of NBA Young Boy. Uh, he's kind of growing on me. I don't listen to him like consistently, but there's a few songs I like from him. You're gonna get um, you're gonna get a red listening to NBA Young Boy. Is that Black Air Force energy right there? Yeah, <laughs> um, little little baby. You know he's been killing it um, the last two three years. Just lyrically, he's been, been crazy. Um, and then I would say, and who's the last one? Mm, I mean, I was gonna. I would say based off the last album, obviously, Gun has been fire. Push and pee. Push and pee. Push and pee. Yeah. Um, but also, I also will throw in a little Jake Cole in there too. You know, like and and Kendrick, Kendrick as well. Well, you, you got a rep for for North Carolina with with, with Jake. Yeah, Jake Cole. How you can forgive Jake Cole, man? Yeah, I mean, I don't really <laughs> like when I listen to Jake Cole. I want to listen to him like you know when I'm like alone, like right. trying to really dissect dissect his lyrics. You know, I try to right. listen, really listen, listen to him. Um, so yeah. So living in Spain, no, no Spanish music came uh, stuck into you like any artist that you like? Oh, yeah. I love Spanish music. Um, honestly, it just depends on the mood I'm in. I'm either listening to hip-hop or Spanish or I'm listening to... Uh, I actually started to download some like you know, Brazilian song, like Portuguese. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, because I watched the Neymar documentary. I don't know if you guys seen that. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, talked about it. Yeah, yeah. One of, the, one of the songs there is fire. I downloaded it. I've been like trying to learn it. Um, but I love I love the little dude, cha, cha, that little beat right <laughs> yeah. there. Is, oh yeah, yeah. inspire. Uh, but for yeah, for Spanish, I'm Anuel Osuna is my favorite. Mm. Negrito Claro, yeah, he's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> uh, I went to his back, concert was, three years ago. He, yeah, he's a great performer. Went, he's a great performer. Yeah, he went to he was in Greensboro, North Carolina. So I went to that. It's like an hour and a half from from Raleigh. I, I was able to go see him there uh, perform Odisea. So that was a great experience. Um, but yeah, also Bad Bunny, obviously. You know, Conejo Malo. Yeah, Conejo Malo. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Drake. How'd you get into how did how'd you get into Drake? Uh like Who broke what, your heart? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what was the, like what was the project that that made you feel like okay this is uh this is the guy because obviously you know he's been for the past decade probably at the top of um you know of the, of the rap game everybody debates which one is his best album right yeah i feel like that's the, yeah that's like the hardest question ever to be honest um <laughs> honestly yeah i just listened to drake because i felt like emotionally i was tuning into what he was saying like old school drake for sure um, you know, talking about talking about being like an emotional guy. Like I definitely felt, you know, people would tell me I was pretty emotional. So like Jake was definitely the guy like I was listening to with the rap game, you know, after him him changing it, showing that emotional side, but also being able to be, you know, a top lyricist on the on the game. So that's kind of where the Drake thing started. Um man, the best album, that's tough. What did you guys think about his last album? Honestly, like so with me, I have a love hate relationship with Drake. I do as well. I think, you know, <laughs> I think when he when he kind of leans into you know that emotional side, like the heartbreak Drake side, I I, mm-hmm. I think not only is it you know does it feel more like true, but like the mm-hmm. music is better. But when he starts trying to like be like a mob boss or strike, yeah. you know, you know, start like which I get, I understand, you know, like it, it it's it's rap, but to me, like I don't know, like so. I, I had a huge like anti Drake phase when I was in college. Um, yeah. Just because like, I don't know, like I, I just felt like he was kind of phony, but as I've grown and, and you know, just, I've, I've just, you have to appreciate, you know, I mean, the dude has been like, just to, to, to have a run like his for as long as he has in, you know, in like an industry as fickle as, as hip hop is yeah. or, or rap is like, you know, that you got to respect that. You can't, you can't. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, for me though, my favorite uh, front to back album that I'll listen to is "Take Care." Um, I I do like if you're, listen, if you're listen, if you're reading this, it's too late. I I do like some of that stuff. Um, I was gonna say "Take Care" as well. Yeah, I, think I like "Take if Care." You're take this care. Is too late. That's my album. Hey, but each his own. The Scorpion Scorpion's not bad though. Too. Scorpion Scorpion's, yeah. Scorpion's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think "Take Care" like lyrically just kills it. Yeah. Um, How like Blake was my jam though. What's that? Hotline Bling. Hotline Bling. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> that was my jam. Got the little bachata beat in the back. Like, I'm like, what? Hey, this guy right like, hey, doing it. The, the Drake and Bad Buddy with Mia, that was different. Oh, hey, hey, different. That was different. I texted some girl the lyrics a few times. I'm like, oh, <laughs> That 2 a.m., that 2 a.m. Yeah. DM, bro. Yeah, just like, all right, sorry. And if me, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so back to um, you know, back to the back to the clothing brand, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. um I I for one didn't know it was Vinci. I was pronouncing it Vinci this whole time. So no, the, the minute I read it, I was like Vinci, like uh Conquer, like like you said earlier, Conquer or Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, no, it's easy Devin to say C. that yeah, now, you know bro. It's easy to say that now. No, no, no. I've been I, I've been trying to get him Rosetta Stones for the like the last two months and he doesn't want to budge, but Yeah. We, I mean we gotta we, we got get him right. Yeah, most people do say like Vinci when they first see it or mm-hmm. hear it. Um, uh, you know, the Vinci is like the full Spanish accent. Uh, but I mean, it's also in Italian, you know. Right. I thought it was so everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody. But that's okay too, you know. As long as you get that foreign vibe and you know that luxury name, I think it's right. still attractive either way. And obviously, people find out the correct way sooner or later. Right. So stepping it up from like um, into that luxury lane, what what does that entail? What kind of challenges does that bring for you? Um, and like, how like what do you what, what's the plan to like kind of make that step up? Yeah, I mean, so honestly, like the biggest challenge has been really diving into, you know, what does our target consumer look like? And me, myself, I am the brand. I represent the brand. How do I dive deeper into that? Like, who am I really trying to represent? Who do I want this brand to appeal to? Um, and then what do we want to do to to help make a difference in the world and still be a top luxury brand? Uh, you know, I don't want to be one of the other. I don't want to be a top brand that isn't influencing and making a positive impact in the world, you know? So um, I think the last, you know, couple of weeks, I've definitely just been like trying to take a deeper uh, perspective on, you know, what I really want this brand to be, um, which has been, like I said, it's been tough because I'm usually closed off and 
you know, me, I'm such a visual person. I have to write stuff out, you know, how I feel, you know, what do I want the mood and tone? What's our brand story? What problem are we starting to try to solve for people that we can solve it through clothes? Um, and I think like one of the biggest things is it's just been perspective for me. You know, everything I've come back to has been perspective and, and how do we help people? Like I said, unlock their potential um, and say, you know, wear clothes that say, you know, I break the limits. I am who I am. I'm more than whatever these people are going to call me or I tell myself, you know, how do we help people, um, you know, regardless of the situation or circumstance, know that they can achieve, you know, countless things. Um, so that's been a challenge. And then obviously challenges, you know, finding a manufacturer that makes full luxury uh, and figuring out, you know, how do we keep this brand, you know, because I want it to be spontaneous as well, secretive and give that executive feel. Um, you know, one of my first thoughts was like, you know, we had an athlete where uh, there's like a one idea for me was like, there's a coat on the inside of the jacket that authenticates the clothing says, you know, this is the real one that who had it before them. Um, you know, and the only way people can have access to it is, is they get that code, you know? So what if we had an athlete wear on a game day and then like, you know, he's in LA the next day, he's like, Hey, I'm going to be here in one hour. You get a free autograph and a chance to scan. And that's their chance to buy the clothes. Um, so trying to figure out how to navigate that is, has been really fun. And, and, you know, I'm excited about doing that. Yeah. That's some next level stuff. That's, that's so I'm going to give you an idea, mm -hmm. a luxury soccer bag. <sighs> Boom. Don't listen to him. See, no, no, you, you, no you, you're gonna say it's a good idea. Don't back out now. He's, it's my, a he's great trying to idea. make you feel okay. He's not trying to hurt your feelings. Uh, all right, yeah. all right. Hey, no, well, but like, uh, I could be the next Ralph Lauren. Oh. You're out here killing my dreams. <laughs> I was gonna say it goes even further, even further than that with, with the code because you know you see now, you know the big thing is authenticating clothing. You know other mm -hmm. brands are creating the clothes into NFTs. So it's like, do you create an app that's a marketplace for, you know, fans and other players to buy other players' clothes or designs that we design and then also buy an NFT and get these special privileges in the, whatever it's called, metaverse. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm not too versed in that. So <laughs> no, yeah, I don't I know what that I means can't. yet. She was trying to figure it out, but. Yeah. But I mean, there's brands that are doing, you know, people are doing full fashion virtual virtual yeah, fashion crazy. shows yeah, and selling yeah yeah i mean that's crazy that's crazy isn't that crazy to think about yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> definitely so i can't in the metaverse my, yeah i'm a i'm a small not a large <laughs> <laughs> he's fitting in a schmedia yeah, in the metaverse. give me that italian fit <laughs> yeah. yo but um you know obviously you know we appreciate that you have uh, a busy schedule so we don't want to keep you for too long but before we go i know julio uh, he's he, he's prepared some rapid fire rapid questions, fire put you on the hot seat a little bit. Um, so oh, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll right. throw it off to him, and, and and we'll wrap things up afterwards. Okay, right, let's get it. All right, so you ready? Yeah. All right, good fit whack shoes, or whack fit good shoes. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a tough one. Still. Um, <laughs> Wax fit, good shoes. Oh, the footwear comes oh, the first. Footwear. All right. That's my kind of dude. Yeah. They, they, say, they say you can tell a person by their shoes, so that's All why right. I'm going with that one. Old Kanye or new Kanye? Old Kanye, for sure. Easy. Favorite Kanye album. This is just out of the... Yeah. Out of, yeah. I just, gotta, I just gotta ask. I don't even listen to Kanye like that, so I can't even tell you like his best album, but whatever album had... Uh, what's that song called? Gold Digger. Uh, that's late registration. My dude is yeah, full um, on the Drake on the Drake train. Yeah, He's right. not even so this, this doesn't, even, this, doesn't this, even mess with Kanye. This question's like up his alley, but I already know the answer. Yeah. Bad Bunny or Drake? Drake for sure. Sure. All right. Cardio or weights? Cardio. No, <laughs> this guy. No. That's right. why he's pro. And that's why. That's why not. Yeah, we yeah. are here drinking beer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Rather make a defensive play or score a goal? Score a goal. Defender that. Yeah. All right. The perfect pass or the perfect shot? Perfect pass. Facilitator. Right there, Facilitator. Yeah. All right. This, and this last question is basically an MLS question. Besides Minnesota, who else has the best supporter fan base? When you go play, you see the, the stadium just erupting every game. Mm. 
it was kind of tough because last year there's still like restrictions based on the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say top stadiums for me were LAFC for sure. Um, Austin Stadium is actually really dope. Yeah, that's a brand new uh, super open. I don't know if you guys have been there. Brand new, uh, super open. Yeah. It was loud. Um, honestly, they should have built it like closed. If like they would have built it closed, it would have been even mm-hmm. crazier. Louder, huh? Um, I think those are I think those are the top two for me. Um, and ours, I think ours is still the best from like a fan base loud. I've heard Portland is nice. Um, they didn't have full capacity when we went All right. last year, but I've heard that one it's pretty loud too. Um. Yeah, so I would say LAFC or us or or Austin. No, the green lights for Austin. Honestly, I, I haven't gone. I'm planning to go this year to go watch Austin against LAFC. But it seems, yeah, that that stay and yeah. that fan base is there. And they got the guy from Magic Mike. That's Matthew McConaughey. Put some, <laughs> put some respect on his name. No, uh-huh. but yeah. All right, but uh, DJ, it was it was such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, but we'll we'll wrap things up here. Um. For, for for Julio and uh, and Ramsey Abushala, uh, DJ Taylor, thanks for coming on the show. Be sure to to like, subscribe, do all the leave a leave a comment, leave a review. If you roast Julio <laughs> funny enough, you know we'll we'll, we'll read you, we'll read it live um, on, on on the show. Definitely. Um, but uh, thanks for thanks for dropping by, and we'll we'll see y'all, y'all next. Before week. we leave though, uh, put uh, Instagram for Vency or oh yeah 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 before before we go, you know, tell people where they can find you. Tell people where they can find the brand, where they can shop. Uh, all that, all that. Yeah, so you can find me at, at DJKT27. Um, and Vinci Instagram is at Vinci Official Clothing. Um, and our website is Vinci.shop. There you go. And, and, and if uh, you put Urban Pitch on the on the promo uh, code, you're going to get nothing off. No. <laughs> 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 all right, man. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up. We'll leave, we'll leave it on that note. DJ, thanks so much. Uh, thank you, know, thank sure you, man. We'll, You've been amazing, We'll, we'll man. see more of you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.